Welcome back, Tribe from the North Brave and Bold to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and your Vandal affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. We've got another episode of Big Sky Big Takes for you guys today as this is syndicated throughout the Big Sky Podcast Network. You're listening to it on Tubs at the Club, which means only one thing. It's brought to you by Montucky Cold Snacks. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky cold snack in ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic Big Sky Country. Best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local causes even right here in Idaho. Sporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! That's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American lager for pow-pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get ya ass some snacks. Now crack a snack, sit back, and enjoy this episode of Big Sky Big Takes as syndicated throughout the Big Sky Podcast Network. Welcome back to the final episode of the spring season of Big Sky Big Takes, a joint production of the Big Sky Podcast Network and the Montana Main. As always, we are brought to you by Hughes River Expedition. It's the last episode of the season. You know the drill here. It's an around the horn style show talking all things Big Sky Conference. Uh, and the key to that show is a good panel. And I think we have the best panel yet joining me today. Of course, Chris Hammond, Tubbs at the Club podcast, repping those Idaho Vandals. Mike Nugent of the number one podcast in the great state of Montana, the Grizz Fan Pod, Montana Parlay, the Treasure State's top gambling expert, the original gambling expert, and Colby from the Weber State Weekly, a new addition to the Big Sky Podcast Network this spring season, who are very uh, happy we're here, very happy to have you on this last show, and let me be the first to congratulate you on the Weber State uh, playoff berth. Congratulations. And let's, why don't we just start there? Uh, question one, we're going to do a few questions here before we drill down on the teams. Question one, I talk, want to talk about Weber State, the new Big Sky champs, uh, finished 5-0, and ranked number two or three, depending uh, on the poll uh, that you're looking at. But this is their first outright conference championship in school history. Colby, why don't I just toss it to you and tell us a little bit about how you're feeling and what the mood is in the broader Weber State circles. Yeah, so obviously nice to have a fourth conference championship in a row. It's only been done one other time. You know, the Grizz went 14 in a row, so that's a that's a thing. You know, not quite there, but I think to answer your question, Tycoon, I think that right now the the feeling among Wildcat fans in Ogden and beyond is that, okay, great. You know, it was sort of expected that you were going to win this conference championship. It was maybe a little bit tougher than you had anticipated, uh, but everybody's, I think, still a little bit leery about that offense, right? Uh, everybody, the defense has continued to play at a high level, and that's great. That's what you expect from a Jay Hill team. But uh, that offense is still a work in progress. And as we roll into the playoffs, I think folks are skeptical and not really sure about what's going to happen because there were high hopes going into the season. Like, wow, we got a new offensive coordinator. And gosh, you know, maybe, maybe this could be the year that they finally break through and go to Frisco. But as the season has wore on, I feel like that enthusiasm is kind of wind wound down a bit so we'll see how things shake out but i think folks are skeptical of the offensive side of the ball in ogden yeah there is some skepticism and i think there are some uh, others in the big sky mostly um in eastern washington who think that you know they probably have a better squad than you do down in weber um 
Montana Parlay, who do you think wins right now in a game between Weber State and Eastern Washington? Obviously, Eastern has that one loss, but who who do you think takes that takes that game? My money straight up would be on Weber still. Uh, their defense is so good. I mean, Idaho has been able to shut down Eastern and hang with them. So I, I just – I'd have to hand it to Weber. I wouldn't be super surprised if Eastern could pull it off, but I'd still be going with Weber State in that matchup. All right. Mike, what about you? Oh, man. <clears throat> you're, you're asking me to pick between my two favorite children. You're a fan I, I of both teams, I can, yeah. I don't know that I can do that. Um, I think Weber's defense might slow him down enough to, to pull it off. But the thing I think we've learned is that, that Weber might be susceptible if a team could score some points. So, I mean, I think it'd be a heck of a game. I think right now I might give the edge to Eric Berry and the, and the Eagles, but, uh, it could go either way. I don't really think there's an automatic in that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Weber State, it seems like, you know, I think we all will be rooting for them in the playoffs. We want them to go far. We certainly want them to go further than the likes of NDSU. Um, but a lot of it is probably going to come down to matchups. Chris, you kind of have the best big picture perspective of the FCS in general. Uh, what From an ideal perspective, we don't know who they're playing in the first round. We won't know that till next weekend. Um, but what's kind of the best case scenario for Weber in the playoff setup in order for them to make a deep run? Yeah, and... <clears throat> You guys, I mean, you kind of just touched on it there, uh, Tycoon. They're going to have to avoid run-heavy offenses. Um, if you look at you know them for a while, they've started to look like the FCS version of DBU the last couple seasons. Uh, they hold quarterbacks really well under their averages. Uh, Mike was just talking about teams that can score. Idaho State can score, and they've done a pretty good job about holding teams like that down below. Southern Utah's put up points. UC Davis has had shown ability to put up points. So Weber State has shown an ability to stop pass first kind of offenses from putting on those points. I think a lot of that comes down to their d- defensive back play. So they can avoid like North Dakota state and South Dakota state who have a really deep stable of running backs. Uh, they should be all right. Their beneficial matchups would be like a Sam Houston, maybe a Delaware, Eastern Washington, Jack- Jacksonville state. Uh, but with it being regionalized, I'd say they got about a 60% chance of getting a good matchup, whether that be against North, you know, Eastern Washington, UND or Sam Houston, if they get matched up with NDSU or SDSU, since one of them is probably whoever wins this weekend will get the seed, the other one will be playing regionally. Yeah, um, it could be a little bit trickier for Weber State, but I actually like them a lot against Eastern uh, and especially Sam Houston because they've shown the ability to stop those pass-first offenses. It's going to be if somebody can really control the pace of the game like Weber does and out Weber Weber. Uh, and I love the idea. You just kind of touched on it of a potential Weber State Eastern matchup in the playoffs. Right now, we don't know. The Big Scott gets one auto bid. There's only a handful of at-large bids, the way that the playoffs are, are shrunk down for this spring season. Um, but Eastern has a pretty good resume. Um, uh, you know, what, so partly I want, I want to ask you, Eastern, you know, they are five and one and other school who has like a potential chance. Um, UC Davis, they're three and two. Um, but it's, it's a 16 team playoff field. So let's start with Eastern, I guess. Um, what, what do you think the odds are that they get one of these at large bids and, and why? I, I think the odds are hundred percent that they get the bid. You know, the only way they don't make the playoffs is if something terrible happens with COVID or something, because they're getting in, you know, they, they've made, they've had some solid wins. They're the second best team in the big sky, which is traditionally, you know, the committee might have them, you know, 
few thousand feet below the Missouri Valley, but you know they're in the top two or three conferences in the whole league. So for sure, Eastern's getting in. And that that's probably it. Davis is in the top 16. 16 teams make it, but there's some teams below them that get either auto bids or the committee might look more favorably at, like Kennesaw State. So I think the Big Sky gets the top two teams, and that's it for the spring season. Chris, do you agree with that? Eastern likely in, Davis likely on the outs? Uh, I think, yeah, Eastern at this point is probably 99% in. I mean, yeah, they only have one top five, 15 win, uh, but they are coming on a five-game win streak. They have name recognition being in the championship game just two years ago. And, of course, Eric Berrier. Um, so if it was a blind resume, maybe not, but these aren't blind resumes, uh, which is why I think that Davis actually has a small shot. I'd give it around 5%. Uh, it would take a bit of a miracle. There are only two losses to the current top seven teams by a combined 15 points on a blind resume it, it, that might stand as like a team worth a shot, especially with them being ranked top and the number 13 right now in the nation. Yep. Um, but what's really going to help them Haslam uh, is on the selection committee, Montana's uh, athletic director. He's a big voice in the room. And I imagine he's going to be pushing pretty heavy for three big skies teams to make it. Cause at the end of the day it benefits the conference. Uh, so I think having a voice like that, who's been there and has the experience could really like help maybe change the tide. Cause the committee typically makes one or two, like what the hell decisions when you like are watching selection Sunday, yep. Haslam might be able to talk him into UC Davis being a, what the hell decision. And Chris remind me. So Eastern's one loss was to Idaho. If they run the table and win the championship, us Idaho fans get a share in that national championship, right? Correct. Co-champions. Yes. Co- awesome. Co-champions. We are one and one with, yeah. So we, <laughs> like we, we get 50% of the championship. That seems only fair. Um, all right. I'm going to move uh, to the next question here. So the regular season is not quite over. Montana is hosting Portland state this weekend. It's their second uh, spring game and Idaho is heading down to Flagstaff to play NAU. Um, Mike, what what do you what, what do you expect to see from the Grizz this weekend? You were at the game this past weekend, but this is their first Division One opponent that they'll be playing. What do you expect to see on Saturday? Um, you know, I, I honestly think more of the same. I mean they they uh, they they've played Portland State okay the last couple of times they've played. Portland got them in 2018 in Missoula for homecoming, and then uh, the Grizz returned the favor in 2019 in Portland and just destroyed their quarterback. Who's one of my favorite QBs in the big sky. Um, you know, he's just a tough SOB, you know, it's kind of those guys that you like to root for a little bit. Um, I, I think it'll be, I'm, I'm excited to just see the Grizz play a big sky conference opponent to kind of wrap up this little spring thing where they just kind of got the rust off. So that they go into fall and they haven't, you know, they're not like two years out from playing games. So yeah. what, what I want to see this weekend is, um, uh, you know, future big sky MVP, Chris Brown, get some reps at QB. <laughs> I like it. Uh, uh, Chris, same question to you. Idaho's got one last game. They can go, uh, you know, improve on Paul Petrino's record for the year, or it could, you know, end in a pretty bad spot. Um, what is your expectation for this game against the Lumberjacks? Um, you know, it's going to be tough. Uh, it looks like we're going to be still at possibly have one quarterback on the roster, uh, but still have the guy who played against Eastern. So what Idaho is playing for at this point, momentum going into the fall, a chance to get their second big sky road victory since 2018. And Paul Petrino for a chance to finish three and three, which would be his first 500 season uh, since uh, 2016, because they haven't accomplished that in 17, 18, or 19. So 
for Paul, it's a chance to show growth, I guess, uh, and then really show if Borish was more of a shock and awe uh, or if he's going to be a serious contender come fall for the Vandals at quarterback. Ugh, well, for the sake of content, I hope Paul Petrino sticks around. I love having him in the league. Colby, um, you have no rooting interest this weekend. Your team's in the playoffs. Are you going to be tuning in um, to watch any of these games? Yeah, so I think that um, the Montana game, probably not. Uh, just kind of like, like it's going to have a kind of a preseason feel. And so it's just like, eh. But I, I am interested to see kind of how Idaho plays against NAU. NAU is uh, not loved in Ogden. They're pesky to the Wildcats. They always seem to give us trouble. And uh, there have been some some dumb losses to them over the years. Yep. So obviously going to root against those guys, but uh, it'd be interesting to see if Idaho could put it together. I feel like Idaho's story is an interesting one, you know, coming back to the big sky and trying to find a way. And so it's, you know, kind of rooting for him from Ogden. So we'll see, but be tuning in for sure. Great. And parlay. I just want to ask you this because it is certainly my uh, concern as a Grizz fan. Um, you know, Montana schools, we've been a little high and mighty. The spring season's not legitimate. You know, let's, oh, let's pick up these second teams. Enjoy that. Uh, is the best case scenario for you parlay for the Grizz to get smoked in this game and then have to deal with that for the rest of the, the off season before the spring starts? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you're not a very good Bobcat fan for Pete's sake. Okay. I'll answer for Nate's sake. Yeah. I want their asses to get kicked, but you know what? If, what does it matter to cats and Grizz, whether they win or lose, if they get their butts kicked, that's more fire for Hawk to get them ready for the fall. So I, you know, I, I don't see where besides bragging rights and I don't really need any more of those because we're, we, they haven't beat us in what five and a half years. So <laughs> if they lose to Portland state, I could care less. Got it. Hey, and right. he is a noted NAU fan though. That's true. Yeah. Huge <laughs> NAU fan. Big, big um, time. <laughs> so, all right, let's move to the dr team drill down section. I want to talk to each of you individually, but before we do that, of course, we need to give a thanks to our sponsor, Hughes River Expedition. If you're looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation this summer, you know who to ask. It's Hughes River Expedition. Everyone's getting their shots. It's getting safer and safer to go outside. You better start planning now because reservations are going to be packed and packed. Everyone is going to want to be active this summer through the famous, uh, it, Hughes River Expedition, of course, is famous for its multi-day trips down the Middle Fork of the Salmon, the Main Salmon River of No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, and the Selway of the Gem State. Hughes River Expedition uh, also runs trips in Montana, and, and they got special trips where they'll let you see a meteor shower. Now you can camp on pristine beaches, run amazing whitewater, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, take in the history along the river, and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the country. Just bring your clothes and let Hughes River Expedition handle the rest. They are vandal-owned and operated since 1976. Uh, they're ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. I think we could all use a vacation. What are you waiting for? Give them a call, 1-800-262-1882. That's 1-800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. Hughes River Expedition, thank you so much for sponsoring this season of uh, Big Sky Big Takes. All right, team drill down, Kobe, Colby. Um, Weber State, we, we need to focus on football. Weber State is the only one uh, who has any football going on. The defense continues to perform at a very high level for the Wildcats, uh, but the offense is super shaky to say the least. Uh, how... How deep are you expecting Weber to go in this year's FCS playoffs? So it's sort of like what we talked about at the top of the show, right? Like this is really going to depend upon matchup because like Chris noted, um, 
if you get a, a pass heavy offense, the Wildcats have shown that they've been able to hang with those teams and maybe put up enough points on the board to overcome them. Not a stunning amount of points, save that one Idaho State game at Holt Arena. So I think it's really going to depend on matchup. And, you know, if I'm being an honest Wildcat fan, I expect, I don't know, man, like maybe a quarter's exit at best for this Wildcats team. I, I worry oh, no! I, I worry that like the offense just isn't there quite yet. And they're going to, maybe they'll win, you know, that second round game and they get to the quarters and it's just like, nope, sorry, man. Like you just ran into a bad matchup or whatever. And you just couldn't put enough points on the board. It's the main game all over again from 2018. You ran into, you know, the exact carbon copy of you and you couldn't do anything because you can't throw the ball. Sorry, man. You're oh. out. Well, you're bumming me out. I got Weber State penciled into the, the championship game, so that is my expectation. But it's probably smart as a fan to set the bar a little lower. Chris, Idaho, uh, one of the fun storylines this year is how many quarterbacks that they've played. Um, <laughs> it seems like we're up to three or four. Uh, it's tough to keep track of. Um, in the year where uh, there's no quarterback – in the year where there's no quarterback competition in camp, what happened? And is there a guy um, – uh, uh, for the fall, like who do you got penciled in to be the guy this fall? Yeah, well, the Vandals on our forum are gonna hope it's the guy who, who we should see against NAU, Zach Borish, uh, who's listed as our fourth string running back, and last year was our third string safety. Um, did play a little bit of quarterback in high school, was 3A Washington State Player of the Year, however, had a negative turnover to our touchdown to turnover, uh, or interception ratio, I believe. Um, Either way, yeah, we've played four dudes in five games. Surprisingly, you could say that a two and three season at that point is is kind of good. Uh, if Beaudry stays around, uh, I expect the fall to be between him and the who would be a true freshman at the time, CJ Jordan. Um, but Beaudry, being Canadian, has a little bit of Canadian CFL draft stock, um, so he might take it because there's limited rosters they're allowed to use. Um, so they might just take a Canadian. If they do, we've got CJ Jordan. Uh, I don't think Nick Hill and Zach Boris are going to be the guys. And the actual fourth string quarterback, Nathan Cisco, I think stays, you know, kind of buried on the depth chart. So it's going to be between Beaudry and Jordan in the fall. Got it. Uh, Montana Parlay, um, not going to ask you about NAU. I do want to ask you about your uh, expectations for your dating life this summer. I'm just joking. I want to ask you about uh, gambling this spring season. You've had a lot of money on a lot of games. Um, it, what has been kind of the most interesting storyline uh, or most interesting wrinkle from a gambling perspective this spring? It's been all about the underdogs this spring. And that's not just the big sky though I won't come out with those specific numbers. Uh, in the big sky, the underdogs went 16-3 and three against the spread. 16-3. and three. That is insane, including a 6-0 and run the last two weeks. Um, Cal Poly is pretty much put up, I think, two out of the three um, favorite wins. You know, they were on the other side of that. Yeah. Uh, they lost as a favorite their first week against Southern. Um, and I was on the wrong side of that, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, it's just – it's been really hard for odds makers, I think, because they don't have much to go off of. You know, what's the motivation for these teams, the coaches? Yeah, yeah they do have a playoff. But they, the coach, you can't tell me these coaches aren't thinking about the fall. They aren't thinking about the kids' health a little bit. Um 
there's there might be some kids deeper in the you know getting some chances that have some motivation that they might not normally have because they get a sh chance to showcase show up for the spring you know for the fall maybe they're going to enter the transfer portal we just don't know plus weather's a little bit different there's so many variables yep. going on here and it's just yeah if you bet the hundred bucks on the underdog every time you know you're you're looking pretty you're over up over a thousand bucks on this short season so uh we'll see if that continues into the playoffs it'll be interesting to take take a look at yeah that i mean i also think you know their games canceled with covid you alluded to and then that leads to um game canceled with covid teams getting extra rest teams dropping out and get you know sometimes the team will have two weeks to prepare for their next matchup which can cut both ways right like you have too much time on your hands or if you got a good coach a good coaching staff you can really drill down on that tape um last thing i want to talk about mike uh, we talked about Idaho's quarterback uh, issues. Montana is also going to have a quarterback competition. Uh, break us, break down for us kind of where things stand. Yeah, first of all, something Colby said earlier, you know, NAU and Idaho aren't going to the playoffs either. So that game's as legitimate as the um, Montana-Portland <laughs> State game this weekend. So let's just respect, put some respect on it as we were mm. talking about earlier. Um, <laughs> Parlay could tell you that there is a Vegas betting line on it. So that means it's a real game because they don't mess around. So um, QB competition, I think that, you know, the the <clears throat> casual football fans that just think that the senior wins or the, the most upperclassman guy is going to win the job, <clears throat> Brent Wahlberg, excuse me, um, <laughs> you know, just kind of believed Cam Humphrey was going to get the job. I've really liked this Chris Brown since I saw him in fall camp two years ago. The best part of this is he is from Bozeman High School in Bozeman, Montana, and somehow mm – -hmm. uh, Coach Choate, the QB whisperer, did not offer him a scholarship. Um, so we are going to have this wonderful all-American QB from Bozeman High School piloting the Grizz for that. No, I mean, I'm heaping huge expectations on him. I don't know if he'll turn out like that or not, but I think he's got a legitimate chance to steal that job early in the season. Um, Do you think I, he'll I, get it on game one? Oh, man, I don't know if you throw a freshman in there against uh, UW just because they're going to slaughter him, but maybe you do yeah. because there's zero expectation. You know, you're, you're going to get slaughtered. So I don't know, but I bet by conference season, it's Chris Brown. Interesting. All right. Well, something to keep an eye on this weekend, that Grizz game. Um, if you're able to find it anywhere online to watch it, um, or if you're lucky enough, like Mike and Brent to be in the stadium. Uh, I want to move to, we're not going to do fantasy builder because we only have these two games this weekend, though it would be tempting to start drafting some Portland state players. Uh, instead, we're going to give end of the season awards. Um, we did this at the mid season. We're going to do it again. We'll give quarterback best offensive player. Who's a not quarterback defensive player and coach of the year. Let's start with quarterback. Eric Barrierier won the midseason player of the conference award. Colby, who do you got uh, for quarterback, best quarterback of the spring season? So really, this was a race between Eric Barrier and Tyler Vanderwall, right? It was really, mm -hmm. it's really the only two people we should be talking about. And so I kind of, I went back and forth, looked at the numbers, look at, you know, efficiency and that kind of stuff. And I ended up just EB3, man, 166 passes completed, only six picks to Vanderwall's 10, uh, 2,188, you know, yards passing through the air, averaging 364 a game. It's most in the big sky, 18 touchdowns. Sorry. He's the guy. Yeah. Uh, Chris, do you agree with that? Uh, well, I, I think sliding Justin Miller a little bit there. He has the second highest quarterback efficiency rating. He has one more touchdown, one less interception than Eric Barrier through the air. Um, so I feel like 
if you're looking into that. Uh, but then when you remember that like four of Eric Berrier's six interceptions are due to their popcorn eating wide receivers, not being able to catch a ball <laughs> and bouncing off their face and face mask. Um, it's, I mean, it's Eric Berrier. Uh, what about you parlay? Who do you got for top quarterback? Uh, I agree with Chris that you can't dismiss Justin Miller. He's got second most passing TDs, but without question, it's uh, Barry Arie. Nuge, you're shaking your head. I mean, only a cat fan who is you know, anemic to good quarterbacks and the Idaho fan who's got the condition of, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> whatever that is, would would even say that the guy from the losing team, the guy that we have ranked dead last in our Big Sky Conference power rankings is the quarterback of the year in the Big Sky. Give me a break. If you're the quarterback of the year in the Big Sky, your team is not dead last in the Big Sky. It's Eric Barrier. Um, oh, all right. is Eric Barrier. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Barrier. All right. So unanimous. I do want to give uh, uh, a shout out though. Um, I watched a good chunk of that Eastern Washington game. Vanderwall played hurt. He, it looked like he hurt his hip pretty bad towards the end of the game, but he stayed in. He kept uh, Idaho State in that game. It was, it was a lot of fun watching him this year. I don't think you can give him um, just the way Idaho State ended uh, and their final record. I don't think you can give him quarterback of the year, but I just wanted to give a shout out. That was an awesome, awesome performance to watch. Eric Berrier, congratulations. Unanimous choice for uh, quarterback of the year. Uh, what about best offensive player, non-quarterback? And I'm going to start with uh, Nuge. Man, I don't know. It's such a weird year. I mean, I, I if I was picking a non-quarterback to build a team, it'd be Davis from Weber. Um, well, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> we're giving the award out for the best player of the spring season. Davis is running back. <laughs> Leave it to a Grizz fan who is playing an illegitimate a, season to not have a, somebody for the legitimate a running back, season. A running back is a non-QB position last time I checked. That's true, but we're not... We're not I mean, building a franchise, um, not money balling next season. We are choosing who is the best non quarterback offense. All right, we'll put we'll put you in for Davis. It's a legitimate pick. Um, you know what you guys want from me? Jesus, <laughs> Parlay, who do you got? <laughs> I'm going with Talala Limo Jones. He finished very strong, including almost 300 receiving yards in the last two games, uh, 154 yards in two TDs, and that huge. UC Davis game. So, I mean, he was playing big in games that mattered. He helped carry, uh, you know, along with Barry Arier, uh, the Eastern to the playoffs. Uh, Chris, who do you got here for your uh, end of the season MVP? Well, Lee Mo Jones also leads the league in drop, so not him. Uh, Landon <laughs> Meesum. I flirted with Justin Miller. I will take Landon Meesum from Southern Utah. He leads all non-quarterbacks. In, in touchdown scored while also averaging over 15 yards a carry. He's also one of only two receivers with 40-plus catches on the season. I will say, a little upset we're doing it this week because Hayden Hatton is kind of sitting there. He'd be number three in my current poll right now, but he still has one more week to play. That being said, I don't think he, he would need a miracle. We need another Mason Petrino versus NAU-type game for him mm -hmm. to pass Landon Meesum. His Landon Meesum has separated himself from Tanner Connor and Lemo Jones and Hatton in my Hi. mind. We'll put a pin in him, and if he has this monster game, maybe we do another episode just to grant him the MVP. Uh, Colby, who do you got? Last one here. We currently have a three-way tie, so hopefully you break it. So, yeah, I, I, 
I I got to agree with Father Mike here. I do like Josh Davis as the non-quarterback MVP for the year. Excellent. Played in four games. Also, you know, averaging about 23 yards more than the next person behind him. So 96.5 yards a game, like great guy to have on your team. And if you're not looking at a quarterback, if I'm building a franchise, I'm building around a quarterback. But aside from that, I'm giving Josh Davis my non-quarterback MVP. All right, yeah, Davis, like congratulations. Because they think I'm a Weber homer. This is this is rigged. No, this is awesome. Congratulations, Davis. You got uh, you got your uh, non-quarterback offensive big sky player of the spring season award. Mike Nugent, of course, uh, you chose the right player. Just the logic behind your choice was a little flawed. So congratulations to eventually arriving at the right choice. I want to go to defensive player now. Um, Trey Walker won this for a midseason award. Montana Parlay, does he win it for a full season award? You know, I'm going to go. F- I don't know why he did this because – uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but I'm going, and you're going to have to, you're going to have to mute Nugent because I know they're the worst team not, not named Cal Poly in the league, but they did go four and two against the spread. So I'm giving it to Kaho Oahoahoaho. Um, and I'm so sorry, Davis, because 35 solo tackles. Um, and six sacks in six games, uh, seven with an assist. Yeah. That's dominant, and from the defense, you can't you can't win a game by yourself. So uh, you might be on a bad team, but that's pretty dominant. That's pretty impressive, Chris. What do you think? I, I that is a solid second pick, yes. But Trey Walker is averaging over two point two tackles more than the next Big Sky defender. That's double the second largest gap, which is one point one, and that's between Shotwell from Cal Poly and Christian Ellis, also on Idaho, between the entire Big Sky. So he's basically sixty six percent better at tackling the next guy not to mention that ranks him seventh in solo tackles while only playing in three and a half games compared to davis's six so he could easily catch him by the end of this weekend um he's also tied for fifth in sacks from the mike linebacker position so i do think uh like kahono ohono davis is good i don't think he's enough to pass trey walker when you look at the actual stats compared to like the amount of games played i mean walker's putting a statistical just nuke on the conference right now at defense all right so one and one who do you got here colby so i'm actually with parlay on this i'm with like kaho hano hano davis i went to the suu against weber game saw him play the man was flying around the field like just impressive meeting guys in the hole he's leading the conference in sacks second in tackles for loss only behind our guy connor mortensen the captain like the guy makes a big impact there was a block punt on uh in that game and like he wasn't the guy that picked it up but he was right behind the guy who did like guy is a monster uh i gotta give it to him nuge close us out i'm gonna have to go with chris here i think trey walker i mean first of all idaho's got a more impressive win and if we're gonna do something there but i think this is kind of a symptom of the same thing we're seeing in the playoffs right now where because there's only so many games a lot of these teams didn't get to play each other and we didn't get to sort this out in the same yep. sort of way and you know it's kind of that it comes back that it's like the season is what it is and it's absolutely legitimate. I will not say that, but it's definitely different because it it's hard. You know, yeah. it's like we don't yeah. get to compare these guys the same way. I mean, it's like everything we hate about the ridiculous big sky schedule condensed. All right. So I don't feel like we need to break the tie. Should we just give a, a, co. a co-defensive MVP? They deserve right. it. I like it. And That's then what we coach, do the big sky. We give co. coach of the year. Co. Um, Very Mike big Nugent. sky. Nuge, who do you got for a coach? 
my boy uh, Jay Hill. I've been been with him since the beginning <clears throat> of this season, and um, you know I'm I'm just pumped that he keeps on uh, pulling out conference championships for my Weber State Wildcats. Colby, you going with your boy? You know, I I want to. I obviously respect Jay Hill a lot. Jay Hill has fundamentally changed the program here in Ogden. Um, but I have to. I I didn't want to go with the homer pick. I I, I was actually really impressed with what, what what Rob Fantasy is doing in Pocatello. Pocatello is not a great place to play sports. Uh, the Holt Arena is garbage. Like, there's not a lot going for them, and they've actually put a pretty decent product out there. It was not a foregone conclusion this weekend that Weber State was going to absolutely trounce the yep. Bengals as in years past. So I got to go with Rob Fantasy. I love it. Parlay, who do you got? I can't go against Jay Hill. Undefeated, a lot of close games, but they won them. And uh, now they get the automatic bit out of the big sky. Chris, you going uh, with Jay Hill or you going somewhere else? No, Aaron Best. Aaron Best is undefeated in the season as well. People forget he missed week one oh. due to COVID. <laughs> he is also, <laughs> if you compare them side by side, both of them only have one top 15 win. So they're both 5-0 and with one top 15 win. The only difference is Aaron Best and Eastern Washington have a 21-point average margin of victory, while the Weber State Wildcats have a 7.6, while being four-time champs have obviously the most talented roster returning in the big sky. So I will take <laughs> Best. All right. Well, Jay Hill has a 2-1-1 to one to one lead, so hats off to Coach Hill for his big victory. Coach of the year for the spring season from the Big Sky Podcast Network. Uh, we're going to go to our team drill down. Jerry is calculating the scores. Um, before I announce the winners, I want to give a shout out to the various companies uh, and, and organizations that support the, the various shows of the Big Sky Podcast Network. Uh, we got Wildcat Rack. We got Montucky Cold Snacks, Jeremiah Johnson Brewing Company, and of course, the Montana Mint Store. Thank you to all those folks who help uh, make this thing uh, go, make our pirate ship stay afloat. Um, and excitingly, uh, Jerry has come. We have two winners. Chris, congratulations. You've made the final round. And Mike Nugent, despite not following all the rules, you have made the, fi the, the, the final round. This Parlay, is like our past Chris champion. versus Mike for three times this spring. This, Man, alive. This, do people know what they want, Chris? This you is the tiebreaker, isn't it? <laughs> Colby, I don't feel too bad because you get to watch them playoff games. Um, but we're going go to go to throw Mike off now. Yeah, drill down here. Um, all right, we got three questions here. The the player who gets the most points will get uh, a little bit of time to rant on whatever they want at the end of this episode. Question number one. Uh, this is our final episode. We're entering the last weekend of the regular season. It's been a very strange season, to say the least. Uh, hopefully, we never see anything like this again. But looking back on the past few months, what has been the game of the spring, the best game of the spring season, Chris? Uh, well, we've had a couple between scoreboard gate and week one, handshake gate and week seven between Idaho and Eastern. Don't forget the Hale Weber Mary in week four. Uh, but I keep coming back to Idaho State versus Eastern Washington and Pocatello. That game was memorable for so many reasons. The game was ending while Eastern was trailing, while they were tipping off in the Big Sky Basketball Championship against Montana State. So the Eagles fans just had all this anxiety going around. Are we going to lose to Idaho state? Are we going to lose to Montana state is like Eastern Washington athletics going to melt at this moment. And both teams came away 14 unanswered points in the final five minutes for Eastern Washington. They escaped the Bengals. And of course, Eastern Washington gets an automatic bid to March madness. Mike, what do you got as the, the game of the spring? You know, I've got Idaho state. Idaho is the game of the spring. I think that, you know, to Colby's point, you know, Idaho State's not great. No one's going to say that. But Fantasy's got them at least 
you know, respectable, like where they're not going to be the easy out they were. And for them to get Idaho, who I don't think really respects them at all. I, I just, I enjoyed watching it. I liked it. And, uh, you know, I don't really like Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, we're going to give you both a point there. That's pretty good. Pretty good uh, from both of you. Uh, question number two, the fall season is going to be here before we know it. We kind of know who the, the the favorites are going in. I don't want you to give me something we all know. I want you to give me a bold prediction for the fall season. Mike Nugent. I don't think Weber State's going to make the playoffs in the fall. Ooh, that's very bold. Okay. Chris? Uh, I have two teams from the 2019 playoffs and one team from the 2020 playoffs. Sac State, Montana State, and Eastern Washington will miss the playoffs in 2021. Meanwhile, those pesky Idaho State Bengals <laughs> will be dancing come Whoa. fall 2021. Holy smokes. That's a lot of bold predictions, and I like that. Chris gets the point there. Um, and last one, um, we only know that Weber State's going to be in the playoffs. Uh, without knowing anything about who they're playing, where they're ultimately going to be seated, we've already got Colby's prediction. They're going out in the quarterfinals. Um, who? Wh what's your prediction? And be as specific as possible. Uh how how far the Wildcats go, Mike? Uh, I think the Wild, Wildcats are going to surprise us and get to the semifinals. I think that some of those Valley teams haven't seen defense like this. I understand that the people will say the Valley plays defense, yada, yada, yada. But I, I think it's I think the Valley is overrated, and I think that Weber's defense is legit. Um, so I think they were gonna, they're going to end up in the semifinals. It's going to be a run that the Big Sky Conference is going to be proud of. Chris Hammond? Yeah, I actually think when the fall rolls around, not only will we will be talking about 12 teams gunning for the four-time straight Big Sky champions, we will have 12 teams gunning for the illegitimate season national champions, Weber State. I think between Sam Houston and Eastern Washington, those are nightmare matchups for the two threats in South Dakota State, North Dakota State, in the Missouri Valley, and I think Weber matches up very, very well with the rest of the field. I like the optimism for the Big Sky Conference. I like thinking that Weber State is going to win the championship. Chris gets the point. He gets the win. Congratulations, Chris Hammond. You now have a few seconds to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Uh, Bulldogs. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at this point, man, like I don't get how Eastern Washington fans are not more mad about the Shantae Leggins thing. I know we do it, but I think I just need to get it out into the interwebs thing. Like Please. That man was absolutely electric. I rooted for him. He was so fun to watch. He is on the Eagles Power Hour quoted as saying, I want to leave it better than I found it. Not only did he leave the cupboards bare, he ripped the cupboards off the wall, threw them in a U-Haul, <laughs> took them to Portland. He left the cupboards with nothing. And the Eagle fans, who are normally, we can all agree, loud and very obnoxious, have been like, peep quiet about it. Like, they will not speak ill will of what is happening with Shantae Leggins, but they will crack jokes at Montana, at Idaho, at Idaho State, at whoever, Portland State. But for some reason, the University of Portland Pilots and Shantae Leggins are untouchable for them. They will not trash this man as he left a burning dumpster fire on his way out of town. <laughs> yeah, things are going to look a little different in Eastern Washington come basketball season next they year. They might lose to Idaho twice, and that's <laughs> saying something. <laughs> I love it. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining the show. The last show of the season has been a really fun year talking with all of you, talking about this weird spring season. Um, uh, let, let's give one quick shout uh, to everyone. Chris, where can people uh, find you online and where can they listen to the Tubbs at the Club podcast? Uh, you can find me at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond. You can also find Tubbs at the Club at Tubbs at the Club on Twitter. 
podcasts wherever you get them. We're also live on YouTube on Tuesday nights and post game for one more Saturday. Colby, where can folks find you? So if you're interested, you can check out Weber State Weekly on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Twitter is one of the best places to chat with the Weber State Weekly team, especially on game day. So that's at Weber State, W-K-L-Y. And then podcasts, just like Chris said, any place you get them. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all those great places. You can find Weber State Weekly there. Now go For Pete's sake, go buy some clothes off the wildcatrack.com. Uh, Montana Parlay, where can folks find you? Find me on Instagram and Twitter at, at Montana Parlay. Come out to Twitter and I'll, I'll be breaking down some gambling uh, scenarios during the playoffs. And you can hear me whine or read about me whining about bad calls against the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> and Parlay and I will be back in the fall with the Montana Mint Sports Podcast and Hot Take Nate making his, his grand debut for 2021. Last person here, Mike Nugent, host of the number one podcast in the great state of Montana, the Grizz Fan Pod. Where can people find you on Twitter? And when is the next episode of Grizz Fan Pod coming out? Well, first of all, I mean, you can find Parlay on Tinder, too. He's got to speak up for himself. <laughs> we'll take care of it. Um, you and can find Bumble me- and Hinge. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a good man. Find him someone. Um, Mike M. Nugent on Twitter, at GrizzFanPod on Twitter. We are recording tonight. Coulter Nuanas is our guest. We're going to talk Big Sky Conference football, both, you know, the Grizz and the rest of you all, whatever you're doing this spring. I don't know. Uh, Lady Grizz basketball, That's preseason, awesome. yada, yada, yada. All, all the best. Love it. All right. Uh, it's going to be the summer parlay. We're very excited for the fall. We'll be back with Big Sky Big Takes this fall. Thanks for everyone for listening and thanks for everyone's support. We will see you in the fall. Wow.